Today we're going to talk about a new way to do discipleship via text messaging. What is it? Find out now because it's time. Holy nuclear time bombs! Holy overeating! Holy roller coasters! It's time! It's time! It's time for the Lion Sidekick Podcast! <laughs> Hello, heroes. I'm Tom Pounder, and you are listening to the YM Sidekick Podcast. This is the podcast where ministers come to learn some cool tips and tricks on how to do ministry in this very digital, digital slash in-person world that we're living in today. And I'm really excited because I have a new guest on, a guest I've known for a while via Twitter, but a guest, his name is Steve Lutz, and he's up in State College, Pennsylvania. And he has come up with some cool ways to do discipleship during this coronavirus-filled world that we're living in. And it happens to be very digitally based. It, well, actually, I mean, well, it's, a fid- it's fidgetal, as Jeff Reed would say. It's fidgetal. There's an in-person component, but you're motivating them, encouraging them through a very digital way. Uh, and so I'm really excited to hear from him. We talk about a variety of different things, including uh, Penn State football. So sorry if you're not a Penn State football fan, but we do talk about Penn State football to start. But we get into how he's doing in-person discipleship, but then how he's using this thing called Next Step as a really key component to digitally encourage and challenge and disciple people who are then discipling other people. So I'm really excited to have him on. So without any further ado, let's get in the interview right now talking to Steve Lutz. All right, with me right now is Steve Lutz. Steve, how are you? Good, Tom. Good, good to be with you today. Nice to, nice to be with you as well. Um, you know, you and I met via Twitter many years ago. At least I think that's where I, my recollection is. And yeah, I, it's probably about a decade. And yeah. Twitter is what comes to mind for me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you're in State College, right? I mean, it, I am. I am, it, I am based in State College, Pennsylvania, home of Penn State University. Yeah, see, that's where I think our initial connection was because I, I like so. Penn State, and you were. Are you still? You're. Are you still working with in Penn State in some capacity? Uh, I am not working as as much directly with students these days, but very connected, you know, to ministry uh, in in their area. So. Yeah. Okay. So wait. Before I get into now, I've got a whole different tangent right now. Okay. <laughs> before I get into your background a little bit. Uh, let's yeah. talk about Penn State football for a second. All um, right, let's do it. Okay. What What is your favorite, like, football memory from going to Penn State, like, going to a football game? Oh, my gosh. A, a lot of them. But probably, if you're a Penn State fan, you know the LeVar Leap. Yes. Yeah. And I was in the building that day. Oh, really? And, I, I you know, it was one of the games I attended. So, it, you know, if you're not a Penn State fan, sorry, but LeVar Arrington, who was this absolute Hulk. Yeah. of a player and he and you go look at it on youtube if you haven't seen it because he he times it perfectly he jumps over the offensive line and tackles the other team's running back in the backfield almost intercepts the ball as he's jumping through midair it was superhuman it was incredible yeah i went nuts i think a lot of people didn't even realize what happened like it's like what what you know and yeah incredible just a, just an amazing thing yeah, the I was a huge Lavar fan. Um, yeah, and it was very disappointing that his, you know, his career got cut short because of an injury. Yeah, 
yeah, it didn't quite live up to what we uh, had seen it in the college years. But amazing true. player. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite, my only Penn State football game that I've ever been to was a Michigan game years ago. It was a whiteout um, yeah. again against Michigan. Uh, and that the the stadium was just so electric it was it was unbelievable yeah yeah it's uh it's like sitting in front of a jet engine you know for for three hours those whiteouts I've been to quite a few of them now uh there's a reason Herb Street always says it's the best student section in the country yeah. uh and if if even if you're not a Penn State fan get to a Penn State whiteout you know assuming one day we're able to do all that again. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, there, there's nothing like it, nothing better than that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. And for, for the simple fact that Kurt Herbstreit, who went to Ohio State, will exactly. say that that's like one of the best. I mean, it shows you something, you know. Yeah, yeah we got something going there. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, we could talk about Penn State for a really long time, but we won't to spare the audience. That's, we'll do another podcast about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. That, that's good. Okay, so uh, give everyone a background about uh, who you yep. are, uh, where you're at, and uh, what, what you're doing right now, and how you got involved with ministry. Yeah. Well. Um, if, if odds are, if someone, you know, listening was like, well, I think I know that name. Um, several years ago, I wrote a couple books on college ministry. So uh, one was college ministry in a post-Christian culture. Oh, and cool. another one is called King of the Campus. So um, those are both like college ministry, college discipleship books. I mean, they're, they're uh, gosh, they're like almost nine, eight, nine years old now. Damn. But still getting used, like people's people still reading them, still teaching them in seminaries. Like it's oh, that's, that's cool. been a lot of fun. And I know I know you have a connection with youth ministry and probably some of your listeners. And so I always viewed that handoff from youth to college as an extremely important strategic. You know, I, I always uh, have been banging the drum. Like I think college ministry is the most strategic mission field in the world today, and that. I just, there's, there's in terms of impact, kingdom impact, life impact, man, hard to beat it. Um, so I, I actually, that was a lot, that was like my first full-time job in ministry. Um, after I graduated seminary, uh, in, in the Philadelphia area, joined up with a church plant and didn't really know what I wanted to do, but connected with some students at Temple University and God really blessed that. And, then eventually came back up here um, to State College area to my alma mater where my wife and I met. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, have have served here in State College area for like twelve years now, okay. and have served on the staff of a large church. I helped plan a church, um, a bunch of other kind of entrepreneurial things on okay. the side. I like breaking new ground, and uh, do a lot of these days. I'm still working. Uh, with with my local church as well as resourcing and helping other churches. That's really that's really cool. Well, I, that, that's awesome that you and your wife met at State College. So uh, that's, yeah. that's really cool. What what was your major? I was an American Studies major. Oh wow! Liberal arts guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then I minored in Greek. So oh, when wow. I went to uh, seminary, I was able to actually place out of some of my Greek classes. Dang. I, I took some uh, some classes uh, in uh, like well I, I went to a Bible college but yeah. going into like I was thinking about going into seminary and the thing that scared me to death was the Greek and the Hebrew and so for good reason yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right that's right 
All right, Steve. So I'm glad you're on. Uh, so let's get into the conversation uh, right now about digital discipleship. Okay. Yeah. So I think it, this this topic is really important, uh, especially in light of what we're experiencing right now. Right. So let's talk about a little bit of discipleship and digital discipleship. And uh, wh what do you think about this? And wh what's your what's your take on digital discipleship? Yeah, I, I think one it is absolutely imperative that we wrap our heads around this. You know, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. I, I think one of the lasting legacies of COVID is that it's just forcing us to really grapple with that. You know, I, I think, you know, you, you would talk to guys, uh, talk to people in ministry several months ago who maybe pre-COVID, they didn't even, they weren't even sure if they believed in online church. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and now, you know, it's like, well, we've seen it can work. We know, we, we, we know it's had to work and, and we have different view of it. That was really kind of what was happening in the first phase of the quarantine. Yeah. I think we're on the edge of another paradigm shift when it comes to discipleship. Can you disciple people effectively online? And I know a lot of us believe, yes, like that, yeah. it has to be part of what we do. And I think we're on the verge of a wider adoption and understanding and, and hopefully figuring out, like, how do we do it then? Yeah. You know, if, if we're on board with the idea, how do we then figure that out and make it more effective? So yeah. it's an exciting time. Yeah, I, I think it's actually a really critical, critical time, too, because I, I think you're exactly right on this in the sense everyone had to do digital stuff, digital discipleship, right. online ministry. Uh, at the very beginning, but now as different areas of the, the nation and the world are starting to go back to meeting in person, our church is in back in meeting in person. Is your no. church back in meeting in person? Not exactly. Okay. It, it's kind of some modified stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, so our church is kind of back meeting in person and we're doing it a little bit more and more. And here's the thing that I'm starting to see with, with a variety of different churches is the progress we've made in the online world, in the digital world, mm -hmm. is starting to be forgotten now because it's like, yeah. oh, we can go back meeting in person. We can be back together and they're forgetting it. So what what have you seen as some of the progress we've made and how are you specifically doing digital discipleship now as a way to really kind of re-energize and really get people going again? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're right. I think the last few months were really exciting time of innovation, you know, and necessity is kind of the mother of invention. So, you know, it was forced on us. And I think you're right. Like we risk losing some real gains mm -hmm. in this, you know, I don't think we're going back to, to normal. Right. Yeah. Nor, nor do I think normal was all that great a place to get back to, <laughs> you know, we, we got to keep moving ahead. So what I see is that um, a lot of churches, and I, I would include ours, I work with a church called uh, Calvary Church in State College. Um, while we had an online presence in the past, become a lot more intentional, thoughtful about it, you know, asking how do we, you know, configure this whole thing for the online viewer and, and saying that's the real thing, you know. The um, whereas before, you know, the people in the room, that was more of the real thing. And the online experience was more of an afterthought. Now that's flipped. Mm -hmm. I, I think just an example of a paradigm shift that I, I think people are starting to wrap their heads around. You know, you, we've spent the last 30 years in church world 
figuring out how to make people welcome when they come into our building. Yeah. Right. First time guest stuff. Great, great things to be thinking about. It kind of hit me not too long ago. This online church thing is it flips that. Mm-hmm. The reality is that they are welcoming us or people are welcoming us into their homes. And so, you know, I found myself saying, you know, I really shouldn't say thank you for joining us today. Mm-hmm. I really need to be saying thanks for having us over, you yeah. know, thanks for having us into your living room because they're the hosts now yeah. and we're the guests. And I think working that out, that's more than semantics. I think that changes like how we conceive of this and how we conceive of, of discipling people online. Yeah, I think you're right there. I, I never really even thought about it. I, again, now I know people make a choice to come to church in the actual building, but sure. they're actually, I mean, they're actually making a choice to invite us into their homes. And I never even really thought about that. I mean, sometimes our homes can be really our safe place, our comfort place. And so by right. them choosing to invite us, that's a, that's a pretty powerful thing for them to turn on the TV or the computer and, yeah. and watch along with us and maybe some of their friends. That's right. That's right. And I think that's one thing that, you know, as we think about how to disciple people online, how do we reach not just the, you know, our steady attenders, but view this as a leverage, you know, opportunity to leverage outreach to neighbors, people who maybe would, would be hesitant to actually darken the doors of your church physically, but maybe more open to uh, checking it out online. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Now, is this what you're doing with Front Yard Mission? Yeah. So, so let me, let me tell you about Front Yard yeah, Mission. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. This is a, this is a neighboring initiative um, that, that my church has been working on. That I've been tasked with leading and we, it was one of those things that was already kind of going along. And then when the quarantine hit, you know, in March, that was the time that we, we realized we really need to kick this into another gear. We need people to be more engaged, but how do you do that when we're social distancing, right? Yeah. That, that was the challenge. So uh, honestly, we had some good things happening, but it was only in pockets. Okay. So I connected with a friend of mine and we, we started saying, okay, we need some different ways to get people, get things out to people. And so we, we found a, or my friend actually started this text texting training platform. So front yard mission is all about like, how do you, how do you uh, reach out to your neighbors? How do you bless your neighbors? How do you be present in your neighborhood? How do you take ownership for the people? And if if you're familiar with the book, art of neighboring kind of have like the, the tic-tac-toe board. Okay. So we talk about that as our hashtag. So who's on your hashtag, right? So take, you know, writing down the names of, you know, eight people immediately around you. Like here's, this is mine actually. I don't know if anybody will see that on the video or this is just audio, but yeah, we, we encourage our whole church to do this. So that's great. But how do you do that during social distancing? Yeah. So I started building these, these training tracks and we pushed it out via this uh, text messaging thing. And wouldn't you know, in March and April, um, we saw a real spike in engagement from our church around that. Uh, in fact, it was like, it was like over 400%. Oh, wow. 
of, of people of engagement that we hadn't seen before. And that was really exciting. And we, we pushed out a training on like seven steps to love your neighbor in a pandemic. And we gave them a whole bunch of ideas of like safe, socially distanced ways to love your neighbors in a pandemic. And you remember back then it was like, you know, do the uh, give a roll, take a roll of toilet yeah, paper, and, you yeah, know, bins yeah. and stuff like that. So there are a lot of those kinds of ideas, but people responded and it's, that's been great. So we actually, even as like so many other aspects of the church were locking down, mm-hmm. we actually saw real growth and expansion with that, uh, which, you know, which remains like we, we see some nice momentum there with the front yard mission, which is one of our core one of our core, uh, you know, core to our vision, one of our core uh, missions at the church. Yeah. Okay. So let me, uh, help me understand real quick, just making sure I'm, I'm pacing with you. You, yep. you guys were doing this front yard mission um, with when you were even before COVID hit was, or was this a right. reaction to? We, we were doing it before COVID. Yeah. And then we realized man, neighboring is more important than ever. Yeah. yeah. Right equipping and calling our people to love their neighbors is more important than ever. And the the challenge, one of the challenges there, and I would say this is kind of a digital discipleship issue. Um, So much of what we have done in church is transfer information, Mm -hmm. right? There's content and I I'm a content creator. I mean, I wrote two books. I believe content's a really powerful thing. Yeah. So I, I get that. Um, but you know, when you think about what are, what business are we in? If I can use that word business, it's not information transfer. We, I mean, we actually want to see people be transformed. We want transformation. So the question is, it doesn't mean get rid of content, get rid of information. It's how do we use that to drive people to take action mm-hmm. and to follow through heart, mind, soul, strength so that they're truly transformed. And that's, that was, I think, something that we hit on in that texting thing because we, we were able to help people move from you know, each, each text was like a question, it was a prompt, and they respond. Okay. And so now they're taking action lots of little ways and it sort of, snowballs and and they and suddenly they're actually doing stuff so um, you'll oh, oh, finish up no no go ahead no yeah. so okay so you're taking this concept that started out with before even covid and you've yep. kind of tailored it to with by using text message and and probably other like are you sending them when you're sending them text messages are these video trainings that you're doing are they documented trainings what what kind of trainings are you giving them via text message yeah so I would say it's been a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, we, we do embed video in it. It might be a sermon clip. It might be me or somebody else talking. I've done, I've sent out interviews that we've done with people who are really um, doing some cool things in their front yard mission. Um, we've sent out PDFs, you know, here's a PDF resource. Yeah. Um, it, it, they can upload video and pictures and stuff like that. So it becomes a more interactive thing and a more collaborative thing, which I think people enjoy. Oh, that's great. So th- you send them a text message and then sometimes they, th- they will respond to you with, with what they're doing and how they're, 
So there's yes. real interaction going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm able to give them feedback, you know, or our team can go right into the dashboard and say, Hey, you know, Hey Bob, great, great job with that. You know, love what you're doing there. Or, you know, sometimes they have questions like how do I handle this? And we can give them feedback and uh, people seem to appreciate that because they were surprised. They were like, Oh, I didn't know real people actually read this. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's how we think we can equip you, you know? Yeah, that's that's awesome. Okay, so you're you're really using. I mean, and this came at perfect timing for you to do this with COVID, that you're able to just give them a ton of different content and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. so, um, what kind of text messaging platform do you use to to communicate back and forth? Yeah, so this is. I actually took this and ran with uh, my my friend. So it's called Next Step. Okay, Next Step. And um, nextstepdirect.com. And, and so Next Step is this text training platform and it's designed for churches and ministries to use. And, and since, you know, some of the success that we had here, I had other churches and ministries asking me like, so what is that? How do I do that? And so I started, uh, you know, working with other churches so for them to have their own platform mm-hmm. and, and they're using it for all kinds of different stuff. I mean, every church sort of sees it differently and builds it yeah. to customize for them. Um, but yeah, that we call it next step. Okay. So next step. Okay. So then how, how is it different from like a, a, a regular just send it? How is it different than if I just sent everyone a text message? Like what, 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 right. yourself? I think, you know, there's a lot of good um, text platforms yeah. and, and even ones that specifically for churches, you know, I've, I've taken a look at a lot of them too. I, I know um, text in church yeah. um, in, in your Facebook group, you know, you have some people from, from that. Um, th- these are really good services. I think where where next step is a little bit different, and, and maybe even despite the name, uh, it's not just for like first time guests and onboarding. Yeah, we really see. And, and if you know, if you get into like the dashboard and you see some of what it's built, we really view it as more of a discipleship tool. Okay, it can it can do some of that, you know, weekend first time guest stuff. But where it really, you know, the features are built for is more of a discipleship training platform that happens to use texting. Yeah. Um, and, and we we think that's kind of its sweet spot. That, that's really cool. So, okay, so th- does everyone have access to the dashboard or are you all, is the church or the ministry using the dashboard and then setting up automation of sorts of like, okay, they have to go through this training, this training, that training. How does that Correct. work? Yeah. Yeah. So the admins have access to the dashboard okay. and they can, and you can build, you can build stacks of different modules okay. um, for what, for whatever you want it to be. And by the way, you can do strictly text-based modules okay. or you can build desktop browser versions, which are a little more robust. So okay. like I have a friend who uh, wants to train his elders, you know, he's got some, tr- some elders in training. Okay. Well, if you're asking them like theology questions and asking them to type their answers with their thumbs, mm-hmm. like that's probably not the best medium for that, but the desktop version is perfect for that. Yeah. Um, so we've used both and, and both have their place. It's kind of more like, what do you want to do with this particular module? That's really cool. I, I really like that. Okay. So it's called next step and it's nextstepdirect.com. Correct. And I'm going to include all these links on there. So if anybody is listening, they're like, what is that again? You don't have to go back. Just go to the show notes. and (laughs) and Uh, Okay. So 
as you're you're forming these things and as you're working with front uh front yard missions mm-hmm. how have you seen more like what are some cool stories or whatnot of of you seeing this helping your church specifically yeah you know one of the best things as we saw you know mobilizing people for front yard mission was that uh, through the platform we were able to get real-time feedback and stories and so you know i remember i remember some of the um the stuff that people were telling us about you know here's how it's working they they would be like hey i just reached out to my neighbor who works at the hospital and you know i'm praying for her and she told me you know here's what's happening and praying for this and that um here you know reached out to another neighbor whose son uh, is sick and now we're helping them and we're fixing their home and praying, you know, preparing the meals. And so to get when you're sitting, you know, when you're equipping people for ministry and you're in your office or or wherever you're working these days, a lot of times what's, you know, you're starving for actual information about what are people doing with what I just gave them. Yeah. How are they responding? Right. And you just sometimes just feel like we're speaking into the void and we have no idea. Right. Um, but we were able to get some, some cool, like we, um, we, we sent out an idea for like, Hey, there's a lot of restaurants that are struggling to survive. Mm-hmm. So we created a resource um, to ske- uh, organize a neighborhood takeout night. Maybe there's a restaurant owner in your neighborhood, work with them, come up with a customized menu, and then basically go on the neighborhood Facebook group or next door and, and schedule a, a takeout night. So this restaurant owner can cook a whole bunch of stuff and sell a whole lot. And so we had a bunch of people like take us up on that. That's and, cool. you know, man, people really appreciate that. They really appreciate coming together. Um, so stuff like that was just really fun to see happen. Yeah, see, I, I like what you said there is that you, you have the opportunity to get stories back. And that's something that, that churches are craving for. They're like, we want to hear stories. Like, I, I'm yes. constantly begging for stories online. I'm like, share us your stories. I even made yeah. a video. Share us your story. We want to hear right. your story. But it's just so hard. And so with this process that you have going on, it creates a really easy and good opportunity yeah. for people to directly respond and then you can follow up with them and, and kind of learn more about it. So I, I really like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that That's like the Holy grail, man. When you, when you get a steady stream of stories coming in uh, it's just so encouraging because yeah. then you share them again, you share it wider. Uh, yeah. It makes its way into the weekend worship. It goes out into other channels and uh, it just, it just helps continue the momentum and the progress that that you're making so it's good dude i I love it i love what you're doing there and i love this this next step uh nextstepdirect.com but next step uh, program that you got on okay as we kind of wrap up a little bit how how would you encourage what is something that's encouraged you and how would you encourage other people in this whole digital discipleship uh, model oh man you know i i think i would I think I would go back to, you know, what I mentioned at the beginning, which is that we're just at the beginning uh, where, and and keep helping. I'm I'm guessing a lot of the people listening to this are on board with that idea. Like that we're at the beginning of something very exciting in digital discipleship, but we need people to be vocal about that 
to, you know, the constituencies in your church or ministry who want to just go back. Mm-hmm. And I think with the generation generations coming up who are true digital natives, I think with the way our world is changing in so many ways, culturally, you know, spiritually, that continuing to make progress and to build out what it means to be digital disciples, I mean, that's a massive opportunity. And it's also, I think, one of the big, kind of big rocks, uh, you know, big priorities for the church in, in the coming years. So it's an exciting time, um, but we have a lot to figure out. Yeah. No, and that's the, I agree with that. That's a great encouragement because the tendency is to be like, once you start going back in the church, your in-person meeting, the tendency is, let's go back to the way it was. It was fine the way it was. But we've yeah. made a lot of progress and we've done yeah. a lot of things, but there's still so much more to do. Like, again, I don't, were you plotting out next step before the COVID hit? Not, not really. It was sort of, it was almost like a glimmer in the eye, you know, it was, it was like, that's interesting, but I don't really see what to do with it. Yes. Yeah, the innovation came through this time and it's continued right. that we need to keep on innovating and learning. And I love how you're, you're using digital and you're using technology with in-person people. Like people are actually doing stuff in person, but you're using digital tools to really help them and train them to be disciple makers. And I, I think yeah. that's really, really cool. So cool. Well, yeah, Steve, it was great having you on before I let you go though. Um, uh, l- let people know where can they find you if they if they have a question you know and they want to s- stalk you on social media or something like that where's the best place to get a hold of you yeah um well the the you know the next step direct.com that i mean that's the website for that i thank you for mentioning that honestly um man i used to be an early adopter with all the social media platforms these days you can basically find me on twitter good so, I- uh, at Stephen Lutz, Stephen with a PH, uh, just like Stephen in the Bible. S T E P H E N L U T Z, and and that's that's where I typically will meet people like you yeah. and and respond and um, yeah, that's that's the one I'm on mostly. Yeah, and you are active on uh, on Twitter, so it's good that you're on Twitter. Twitter is such a great platform. Well, I like it, but you know, I I like it. Not it's not for everybody. I get it, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not. Uh, but I, I love the simple fact that you can interact with people from all over the world, you know, really yes. easy, really easy. Yeah. So, so. Well, Steve, Absolutely. thanks so much for, uh, for joining me. And again, I'll have all his links in the show notes and including nextstepdirect.com. So you can check that out. Um, so thanks, Steve. I really appreciate it. Tom, thanks for having me, man. This has been a blast. All right. So there you have it. My conversation with Steve Lutz. It's great having him on. I hope to have him on again soon. Uh, again, he's got a lot of great ideas and a lot of great thoughts about digital discipleship and what he's working on in his ministry, but how he's integrating digital discipleship with in-person discipleship. It's a really cool thing and how this Next Step program is really helping him and keep track of this. And I think it's a great program for any church or minister to be involved with. So definitely check it out. I've got all the links on the show notes, but I would love to hear how you're using digital tools to disciple other people, whether it's in person or online. How are you using these digital tools to encourage and inspire other people to make disciples in today's world? It's a very digital world that we're living in, but it's a really important way 
that you can do it. And he's got a cool idea, and I think you should check it out. And I'd love to hear from you, again, what you're doing uh, today. So definitely hit me up on Twitter, at TA Pounder. Share with me what you're doing today. I would love to hear it and continue the conversation uh, today. All right, heroes, well, that wraps it up for another episode of the YM Sidekick Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, you can go to iTunes or Spotify or YMSidekick.com to subscribe to all of this. Uh, at YMSidekick.com, I've got the blog, the podcast, some ebooks on there. Also, information about Digital Bootcamp, the Facebook group that we have that we're encouraging other people, other ministers just like you, in digital tools to help expand our reach in today's world. So we'd love for you to be a part of that as well. All right, heroes, well, I hope you have a great rest of the day, a great rest of the week. And until next time, have a great one.